The difference between a lady and a flower girl is not how she behaves, but how she is treated. My Fair Lady. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. Today's plot trope that we will be discussing is the rags to riches. Definition of which is a poor character is miserable and receives a sudden opportunity or income and discovers that money doesn't buy happiness. A lot of Dickens has this type of style where the poor kid becomes wealthy. This kind of fell out of favor during the Great Depression because the whole wealth being the happily ever after when nobody had it kind of went eh and fell flat. We can see that coming back in like the 1950s, especially. So the classic go-to example of the rags to riches structure is Cinderella. She starts off poor as basically a housemaid and then becomes the prince's true love. Another example, and this is where our quote came from, which is My Fair Lady. It's a musical, but it's based on the same structure of... Professor Henry Higgins is a linguist and he bets his friend that he can make the world think this poor flower girl is a wealthy lady just by changing how she dresses and how she sounds. Other examples we'll just kind of breeze through include Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. Count of Monte Cristo by Dumas. Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. The movie Yesterday had a little bit of this, where he became a popular musician. The Greatest Showman. Memoirs of a Geisha. And your own book, Double Take. Which is a Prince and the Pauper retelling in Hollywood. There are a lot of sub-tropes that go along with this, and we mentioned this already, but the Prince and the Pauper, where in the end they decide to go back to their own worlds... This often has two main characters, the prince character who does the Princess Jasmine thing where she pretends to be poor, and then the pauper, Aladdin, who pretends to be rich. Usually it's a we two people look an awful lot alike, so we just swap lives for a while. Another subtrope is having a special skill, so teaching this flower girl to speak or this person is reinventing the Beatles in a world who doesn't have the Beatles. Another one is the sudden inheritance, where all of a sudden get bestowed with a bunch of money, or they win the lottery, or something suddenly thrusts them into the riches category. And the living the lie, which is when a character is pretending to be royal, someone mistakes them for someone important, and they kind of go with it, and then they get to experience what it's like to be this Hollywood starlet until the actual Hollywood starlet comes along and bops them on the head. From TV tropes, they have a couple other categories. There's the rise and fall gangster. So that's the poor person gets into the crime ring, and becomes wealthy, and then gets caught, and they're back to the poor. Another one is the nobody to nightmare. As I recall, that's um, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, where he's a nobody, and then he becomes somebody by being a villain. That's amazing. (laughs) And then we have the inverse, the princess in rags. 
that Jasmine side of it or the prince becoming the pauper. And a popular one in historical fiction would be the military ascension. I'm the one who conquered the dragon. Therefore, I am now a knight. Therefore, I have land and a title. I have no idea what to do with it. I just happen to be in the right place to poke the bad guy. You see a little bit of this in Arthurian tales, whether it's the Knights of the Round Table or Arthur himself. So rags to riches is a pretty obvious definition, but there are some key elements in the plot that you see across almost all of these kinds of stories. The first one is that the first act needs to be a bit longer before the inciting action, because we do need to see what life is like for both sides. Or if you're just doing rags to riches and not a prince and pauper, just what the poor life is like for that character. Aladdin doesn't visit the genie until after he has his opening song in the marketplace. He gets arrested. He's in the prison cell. He meets the villain in disguise. He goes out and then gets trapped and then meets the genie. You forgot a very key point in that. He also met his love interest before he meets the genie. (laughs) And part of this is that you need to establish what they think the money or fame would fix. So using Aladdin as an example, he's dramatically looking at the castle and says, oh, how much easier life would be if I had the title and the wealth and the servants and the aides and all of that that comes along with being sultan. The next element I want to make sure you include is a sudden inheritance, a sudden windfall of some kind. Something changes that moves them quickly to on top. They didn't earn their way to becoming a Hollywood star. They get mistaken by paparazzi to be that star. They get a sudden inheritance from a random uncle that they never knew they had. I think that one's Mr. Deeds. Sometimes that's their talent is discovered, or maybe they won the lottery, or maybe they even married somebody who's important, and all of a sudden, Meghan Markle became a household name. Or in Aladdin, they find the lamp and get a genie to give them three wishes. The next element that you need to include is that they meet someone already within that world. So Aladdin meets Jasmine, even though he doesn't know she's in that world. She, in a sly way, contradicts what he's saying about like how great it would be. And she's like, but they tell you everything you have to do. You have no freedom. This character is often going to be your mentor character and on occasion ends up being your villain. This is the one who goes, this is what the world is actually like. See, isn't it great to have money because the world is at your feet? The next element that's very common is that they become entirely too haughty and sure of themselves in a world that they don't actually belong in. See, I'm really good at writing music even though everything I'm giving you is the Beatles, they don't exist in this world, so you think it's me who's actually good. If you saw the movie yesterday, there was a moment where he tried doing one of his own songs after he was famous, instead of doing just the Beatles songs, and they went, uh, no, that's stupid. Go back to that other one. (laughs) And in conjunction with that, you have the price of pride, that fall because they got too big for their own heads. 
This is the hometown friend or a close family member. I have to miss grandma's birthday because I have a book launch coming up. And you start to see what was important to them drifting away and being replaced by this fame, this riches. Once they have that price of pride, they start losing connection with the people they have. They lose the wealth. They fall away from it. I will make a little caveat here. This is not always the case. You have stories like Cinderella and My Fair Lady where there isn't really a fall from wealth. I mean, Cinderella, you had a little bit of that because she had that grand night at the ball and then went back to her original life. But then she's rescued from it in the end. So it's not really like the next point, which is the discovering a happy medium. So during the fall, you realize that the only people who were there for you and trying to support you the entire time were your mother and your brother. And then once you reclaim on merit the title that you had before, you can still go to grandma's birthday party because you realize your own worth and the worth of the people in the family and then reschedule the book launch for another time. You find a common ground between the two and make it work. Again, this kind of depends on the type of rags to riches that you want to tell. If you want to go for that money isn't everything morality, that's definitely the balance that you want to find. But if you're going for the Cinderella type trope, then she goes off and lives in a castle and lives happily ever after. So we know what to write. What do I not write? One of the things to avoid in this is you don't want money solving the problems like they think they would. So you can have money solve some problems, but it might create more problems. And your character might say, yes, it's great now that I have the servants, now that I have the manpower, now that I have this. But it's not actually solving the problem. He's just as miserable pretending to be Prince Ali as he was being Aladdin. And the other red flag I wanted to point out is virtue as a result of the luck. There's a little bit of lame is in this that has always bothered me of he was a bad person because he was poor. And then when he got money, he became a good person. You kind of want to do the inverse of the luck being a result of the virtue. I see you're a good person when you help the old lady across the street. We need a superhero for our movie. Would you be interested in auditioning? Luck, definitely, but the virtue comes first. A rags to riches story can be told in so many different genres, in so many different ways, and it gives you a lot of play with the character development specifically, because you will have characters changing. They'll discover something about themselves, about the world, about those around them that they wouldn't have discovered if they had never hit that windfall. It's a really good opportunity for you to explore your writing and your characters. Take that, run with it, and of course, write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 